0: welcome to the Westminster Chapel podcast for more information and to support our mission to London and beyond please visit Westminsterchapel.org.uk welcome to the Westminster Chapel podcast for more information and to support our mission to London and beyond please visit westminsterchapel.org.uk
1: well, we're going to read from the Bible um, now um, from a first-century letter written by the Apostle Paul. It's Colossians chapter 3. It'll be on the screens uh, in front of you. Uh, it's the Pew Bible. Um, In front of you as well, page 1184, and if you don't own a Bible, we'd love the Bible in front of you to be a gift to you, a a late Christmas gift. Um, It's very important. We believe everybody has the Word of God for themselves to read, so Colossians chapter 3, and we're reading from verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Brief word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much that you have spoken in the scriptures, your infallible, inerrant word, and we pray that the preaching today will bless us, open our hearts and minds to receive what you want to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, could we give him a big round of applause, Ray Wong, as he comes up to preach? Let's encourage him now.
2: Thank you, Howard. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's really good to be here. Um, it's, it's a privilege to be here. My name is Raymond, as Howard uh, uh, so, so kindly introduced uh, earlier. Um, it's my privilege to serve the staff here and the church here at Westminster Chapel as the executive pastor. Um, and what, what an amazing year we've had here at Chapel, haven't we? I mean, we've heard so many great testimonies of God's faithfulness to us. And uh, he's been good to us as individuals um, in, in, our, in our individual lives, but also our families and also our church. If you just look, uh, look up there, uh, you, see, you see a lot of clutter up in the upper gallery. That's because our food bank this year has received an unprecedented amount of donations this year. We're, we're full to the rafters. We couldn't put it anywhere else. We've had to put it up there. Um, and, and God has been so good to us. We have so much to be thankful for. Yeah. This, this is the time for it, isn't it? This is the time to, to remember and be thankful. We're in the last weekend of the year. Christmas, it's so busy. All these things, all planning family dinners, planning meals, planning presents. That's all past. Now we have this brief interlude before the new year is upon us to reflect to think about the year that's gone by. I mean, reflections have been thrust upon us already, haven't they? Uh, If you're a Spotify user, you would have gotten a uh, Spotify rewind, you've got a detailed breakdown of your listening habits. If you look at that, that's 48,000 minutes. That's 800 hours of let it go and baby shark. (laughs) Is this even real life? Everybody says, everybody says, you know, have an attitude of gratitude. You'll see that on, on, on a greeting card, right? Have an attitude of gratitude. Why? Because I think no matter who you are and where you are, you inherently have an understanding. We know that it's good to be grateful. You know, gratitude keeps us happy because... Uh, it, it can transform the way that we think about things, right? Like, this is, this is what we do. We, we think happy thoughts. If we're happy about the past, it makes the present more bearable, no matter what you're going through. And it makes the future more hopeful. Thankfulness is a key, if you will. It's a key to joy, contentment, and hope. In our Bible passage today, Paul, who's one of the leaders of the first century church, seems to think that this key, thankfulness, is, is really just straightforward. He says to his readers in verse 15, be thankful. Be thankful. That's it. Nothing else. Just do it. Get on with it. It's not be thankful If this, not be thankful when something happens, it's be thankful. And the question that I have in my mind, and I think you might have in your mind, is, well, is it really that simple? Can we just decide to to be thankful? What I hope to show this morning is that being thankful is simple. There is a simplicity to it that is attainable for all of us. And you can be thankful for one thing. You can be thankful that this is not going to be a five-point sermon. (laughs) It's only two points. Two steps to unlock real thankfulness. Step one. Step one. The first step to being thankful is recognizing that everything we have is a gift. Everything. Everything we have is a gift. It's gracious. It's undeserved it's not anything that we've earned. Everything we have is a gift. Now, is there, is there anything more gracious than opening presents on Christmas morning? I have a four-year-old son, Teddy. He loves this. He, this, is, this is the best part of the year. He, he wakes up in anticipation for this. He wakes up early to unwrap his gifts. And as he rips off the wrapping paper, he, he, he uncovers what's beneath, and his eyes light up, right? His eyes light up with excitement and joy as he discovers the gift inside. You know, when you watch a child do that, there's something pure, something something beautiful, and something innocent about that joy. Do you want that joy? Do you want that type of uh, unadulterated joy in your life? And if you do, if you want to experience this, uh, I have a great offer for you. You're welcome to give my son as many presents as you want. Uh, he'll <laughs> open them in front of you. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. I'm joking. You, see, when, when he opens these gifts, there's that, there's that brief moment of joy that lights up his face. That You just see it surging up in him And that joy lasts until he sees the next present in the pile. And then he puts that one aside, and he starts unwrapping this one, and then puts that one there, and then the next one. You know, on and on it goes. But you know what? Everything, everything we have is a gift, right? Um, We give thanks because we get gifts. If, If we see, if we start seeing that everything we have is a gift, then thankfulness just flows from us. Thankfulness just comes out of us naturally. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for being here. Howard mentioned that um, we, we moved over here as a family uh, in January of this year. Um, we, came, we, we come from Toronto in Canada. Uh, we've relocated from across the world and have been welcomed here into this city. We've been included into this community, this family. What a gift that is. I'm th- so thankful for that, um, our family. Jen and I, uh, Jen, my wife, when we got married, we were trying to have children for, for five years. It was a long period of waiting. We were told, uh, we did tests, went to doctors, we were told um, it was unlikely, very unlikely that we would ever conceive. Then uh, when we had all but given up, we found out that we were pregnant with, with Teddy. It, it, was, it was a surprise to us. It was, it was gracious. It was unmerited. What a gift that was. And then we thought that was it for us as a family. Um, we wanted more children, but we knew that there were complications in our conceiving. So um, we wanted more children, but again, we were told it's not going to happen. It's, it's just not going to happen. And then, when we decided to come here to London, we discovered that Emmy, uh, our second son, Emmanuel, was born, going to be born. It's a gift, right? Our children are a gift to us. And, and for that, I'm thankful. Um, listen to me carefully, though. I'm not trying to make ourselves up as uh, examples of, of faith or that our prayers of longing, particularly, were, were effective. You know, because prayers sometimes don't bring the results that we want. Sometimes we're left in that place of longing. Sometimes we're left waiting. But prayers are always answered. God hears your prayers, and he always answers them. And if you're in that place right now, if you're in that place of deep longing, if you're in that place of dissatisfaction, just want you to know two things. Number one, even that place of longing is a gift. That place of longing can be a gift. Number two, I want to encourage you, keep praying. Keep praying those prayers of longing because God hears you. My point in bringing up my family is that, that our children were complete gifts to us. They were unearned. They were unmerited. They were unexpected and entirely a work of God's graciousness. If you open up your Bibles to the text today, Paul, the writer of this letter, lists some remarkable gifts that the Colossians have received. Verse 15, read... Uh, he he writes, as members of one body, you were called to peace. You see, Paul's original audience they were they were made up of people who were otherwise on opposite ends of the spectrum. There was Jew, and there was Gentile. There was rich, and there was poor. There was educated and uneducated, master, slave, men, woman. But there was something remarkable. They were all gathered together in one community, a community of peace. They had a gift of unity. Let's look at verse 16, starting with, As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit. Notice again what they have, what they possess. They had something. They had something to teach and to admonish to one another. They had this tremendous ability to do that. They had history. They had heritage to share in these psalms, these hymns, these spiritual songs. Verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do you see what they have? They can choose to act or choose not to act. They had choice. They had agency. They had freedom to act in both word and deed. And I want to suggest to you that these gifts the Colossians had were not just for them. These are gifts that we possess as well. I mean, look around you. Do you know that in this room, in this large room, we have representation from from dozens of nationalities and cultures? Within these very walls, there's no, there's no dividing line. Um, there, there are people here who are sitting in the pews, perhaps sitting right next to you, who have voted very differently in the last election. <laughs> We're not going to say what you voted for, but they could be sitting right next to you. You know, despite the differences that would otherwise drive us apart, we are one community. We are one body. What a beautiful gift this is, isn't it? This is a beautiful thing. And look around us, look around us. Uh, Reach into your pocket, I don't have my phone with us. We live in the most technologically advanced, culturally sophisticated moment in our history. Do you realize, do you have your smartphones? you have your phones? Just raise it up so so I can see it. Everybody has, most people have one of these sitting in their pocket or you're browsing uh, social media right now, you do realize that that smartphone, that smartphone, has, has 100,000 times the computing power of the Apollo 11 guidance computer that landed Neil Armstrong on the moon. Your phone is 100,000 times better than what landed those men on the Moon. With a few taps we can connect with and, and have a video chat with people from around the world. We have unprecedented access to information at our fingertips. What a tremendous gift we have. What, what an age that we live in. And because we have all these things, we can ask silly questions to ourselves. We can turn around and ask, uh, which store makes the best mince pies? Where, where, where can I find the best wrapping paper, you know? The, we, we can ask these questions because what do we have? We're living in a moment of peace. We're not worrying about if bombs are gonna fall down on us, right? This is a tremendous gift, this period of peace that we have. Um, we can ask those silly questions because you know we're not worried about those things. Consider the tremendous gift that we have of our capability of our of our culture of our history, of the heritage that we possess, look around at everyone in this room today. Some of you uh, traveled by public transit, some of you by 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 car, some of you walked, um, but all of you who are sitting here chose to come today. You made a choice this morning. Am I going to Wake up and uh, line up at the latest brunch place, or am I going to come to Westminster Chapel? You're here because you had the freedom to act. You're here because you're free, that you can do something, you can choose to do something. If we would just realize the sheer quantity and the quality of the gifts that we possess, we should just break out in endless song and thanksgiving. Shouldn't we? As the old hymn says, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. But I hear silence. (laughs) We don't, do we? Because thankfulness is not as easy as that. Um, John D. Rockefeller, uh, he's an American industrialist who, in his time, he owned 90% of the oil and gas industry in the United States. He had, he had some means. He had, he had money, lots and lots of it. He was famously asked uh, once he, uh, by someone, he said, how much, how much money is enough? How much money is enough? His answer, just a little bit more just a little bit more because what what's the reality gifts lose their glamour all that's all that glitters isn't gold you see realizing everything is a gift it's just the first step but the moment that we lose sight of that the moment that something clouds our vision and we can't see those gifts we lose our thankfulness we stumble We falter. We retreat back into our cynical, self-preserving shell. Conflict, sickness, loss, failure, heartbreak. These things can steal the gifts that we think are in front of us. They shake us. They undo us. What I wanna say to you is that unless our thankfulness is based on something more, unless we move beyond the first step and our thankfulness remains circumstantial, it remains dependent on what we can see in front of us, it's gonna get blown and tossed by the storms of life. You see, the first step is realizing that everything is a gift, that's true. But the second more crucial step to being truly thankful is knowing the giver of the gifts. Step two, know the giver. Let's look back at the passage. Let's see. Paul gives this command to them in verse 15. He says, be thankful. Let's see what that be thankful is anchored on. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace the gift that they had was unity and and peace who is the giver verse 16 let the message of christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms hymns and songs from the spirit singing to god with gratitude in your hearts the gift that they had is the capability to teach and admonish with all wisdom The history, the heritage of beautiful praise and worship. Who is the giver? Verse 17 Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And the gift that they had was the ability to do whatever. Who is the giver? The giver of all these gifts is Christ. It's Jesus, Jesus Christ. And what I submit to you is that he's not just the giver of these gifts, he's a giver of everything. Everything that you need, everything that you desire, everything that you want, he satisfies us with everything. And how do we know that? How do we know that in Jesus Christ we have everything? How do we know that at the last minute he's not going to snatch away that gift, snatch away that present? How do we know that we won't lose these gifts? Because the giver, Jesus, he also gave himself as the ultimate gift. You see, to win peace and unity with God and with each other, on the cross Jesus took on himself our sin, our rebellion from God, and he suffered the punishment that we deserved so that we could have peace with God. Jesus, the one who was in the Father and the Father in him, he suffered alienation and separation from God. And he cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that we could be united with God we could have reconciliation with God. Paul, in in the same letter, writes uh, in an earlier part, he says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. You see, Jesus, to give us wisdom, to give us wisdom, the one, he who was called Wonderful Counselor, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords, he made himself subject to the folly and foolishness of an unjust, corrupt human court where he was sentenced to death by crucifixion. In him we have the full riches of complete understanding in order that we may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's Colossians 2. Jesus Christ, the glorious king, seated at the right hand of the creator of the sun, the moon, the stars, possessing an aching beauty and majesty that is at once breathtaking and gut-wrenching. That king gave up everything so that we could for nothing have everything. You see, because he did not withhold even himself, we can have confidence that in Christ we have everything that we need. And that same Jesus, that same Jesus, he extends an invitation to you, extends an invitation to me. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then he says to us, Follow me. See, everything that we have is a gift. Everything that we have is a gift. But more importantly, in Jesus Christ, the giver and the gift, we have everything. We have everything. And that is reason to give thanks. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be thankful. Let's pray. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, we have so much. We have so much that we, 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 we lose track of of what we have. Yet all of it is a gift given by you. Everything we have is a gift. Most importantly, your son is a gift to us. We pray that we might know him more, that we might treasure him more, that we might abound in thankfulness. Help us by your spirit, we pray, to be thankful. In Christ's name, amen.
0: Thanks for listening to Sermon Audio from Westminster Chapel. If you'd like to partner with us in making disciples and sharing the gospel, please consider making a one-off or regular donation. Visit westminsterchapel.org.uk forward slash giving to find out how.